Hello, sleepy listeners in the Milky Way. You are listening to Sleepy Reads. This is Space Cat Coco. As part of the preservation unit of vintage Earth culture developed by the Galactic Guppy, my task is to create audio logs of handbooks, manuals, and how-to books from Vintage Earth in a peaceful voice to help Earth humans with focus, sleep, and relaxation. If you are not an Earth human, feel free to listen. This podcast is available to all in the Milky Way. Those of you on the Ice Cream Nebula station can find a feature in your living quarters that creates nature sounds and visuals. In the room with the domed window, find the access port in the wall near the floor. The port is in the design to the theme of your room. The access ports in my room are all fruit-shaped, and my nature sound and visual port is in the shape of a grape. But you may find that your port is in the shape of chocolate pieces, nuts, sprinkles, candy bars, ice cream cones. Really, it could be anything. Anyway, if you have problems finding it, your Sustu can help you. Once it has been activated, you can describe the sounds you want, or the visual, or both, and the room will transform into a 3D image. The floor, walls, domed window, and ceilings will seem to transform, but the furniture will stay the same. Do not be alarmed when you are not able to see the other parts of your living quarters. This is not the same as in the simulation units where walls form and items can be touched. This 3D image is a realistic hologram and you can walk through it if you need to access other parts of your quarters. There is no need to turn off the visuals or sound. If you are not able to find the environment you want, go to the Community Association Branch of Technology, also known as BOT. They will be able to design an environment that works for you. Now, listeners, it is time for us to prep for this sleep cycle. For more information and transcripts of this audio log can be found at spicyponydesign.com. Cozy up in a comfy place and close your eyes. And now, the reading for this sleep cycle. Part 1 of 3. Advanced Toy Making for Schools by David M. Mitchell. Copyright Vintage Earth Year 1922. Preface 
toys are today regarded as educational factors in the life of children. New toys come into demand at frequent intervals in the growth and mental development of the child. On account of the unfailing interest on the part of the pupils in toys and because of the unlimited educational possibilities contained in toy making, this work is rightfully taking an increasingly important place in the manual arts program in the schools. This book is the outgrowth of toy making problems given to junior high and high school pupils. The author claims no originality for some of the toys. However, most of them have been originated or improved upon in the author's classes. While it is entirely satisfactory to have any of the toys mentioned in this book made as individual projects, they are here offered as suitable group projects or production projects, and it is hoped that the suggested form of shop organization for production work as treated in part one is flexible enough so that the plan can be applied to most any shop conditions. The drawings of toys in part two will suggest a variety of articles which may be used in carrying out the production work. Of course, the success of organizing and conducting classes for this kind of work depends largely upon the instructor. They must know definitely what they are trying to get done. They must adopt and pursue such methods of dealing with both the members of the class and the material as will contribute directly towards the desired end. Toy making carried on by the so-called productive plan, if handled properly, will bring out many of the essentials of an organization typical of the commercial industries. Together with its educational possibilities and its power to attract the attention of those engaged in this activity, toy making will rightfully take its place alongside other important subjects offered in a complete industrial arts course. The author wishes to acknowledge his indebtedness to William E. Roberts, Supervisor of Manual Training, Cleveland Public Schools, for valuable suggestions and inspiration to Joseph A. Shelley, Jersey City, New Jersey, for suggestions on finishing kitty car wheels to the Eclipse Airbrush Company, Newark, New Jersey, for valuable information and photographs of airbrush equipment, and to the American Woodworking Machinery Company for the use of the illustrations showing the operation of the turning lathe. 
Universal Saw, and other woodworking machines. D.M. Mitchell, Cleveland, Ohio, 1921. Suggestions to Teachers Where the work is to be done on the so-called productive basis, it is of the utmost importance that, before starting, the classes should be so organized as to allow the work to be carried on in the most efficient, progressive manner. The form of shop organization suggested in this book is recommended. However, the instructor may, particularly if they have had good practical shop experience, employ other methods of organization that are just as good and possibly even better for their particular class and the conditions under which they have to work. It is also of great importance that the instructor should acquaint themselves with the processes involved in the making of each toy before allowing the class to begin it. This may be accomplished by the making of a sample of the contemplated project, carefully analyzing its different parts and arranging the operations in a logical sequence. This phase of the work may be done during class discussions and demonstrations, at which time the different jigs and fixtures needed for progressive production may also be developed. The different methods of coloring toys have been suggested with the hope that the student will gain a realization of the importance of finishing from both the artistic and the practical point of view. The application of paint by means of compressed air is the latest development in the coloring of toys, and an equipment in the school shop illustrating the principles of compressed air as applied to productive finishing of toys is a step forward in making school shops function as they should. The working drawings in this book should serve as suggestions. They have been so constructed as to be free from unnecessary technicalities and to leave as much opportunity as possible for the exercise and development of the student's judgment. It will be found that toy making offers itself readily to the desired cooperation and correlation with other departments in the school. For instance, the art department may aid with the designing and color scheme to be used on toys. The general metal shop may help in the making of necessary metal parts. The mechanical drawing department can cooperate in the making of working drawings. The mathematics department can figure the costs of production, etc. It is hoped that the purpose of this book is not merely to set forth 
a few plans and drawings for the construction of toys, but to give the work the broadest possible application, creating a constructive influence on the minds of the students, in which case it will also act as a means of bringing into closer relationship their life outside of school with the work in school. Illustration Toy making on a productive basis employing factory methods. Part 1 Operations in Toy Making. Chapter 1 Productive Work. 1. Suggested Plan for Shop Organization. While it is entirely satisfactory to have any of the toys mentioned in this book made as individual projects, they are here offered as suitable group projects or production projects. Production work may be defined as work done by a class to turn out a number of similar projects that have a marketable value with the aid of jigs, fixtures, and other means of duplication, illustrating the industrial or practical application to the tasks in hand. Figures 1, 2, and 3. This does not mean, however, that the school shops be transformed into a factory in the full sense of the word. It should differ from a factory and that the education of the student is the major part of the product, while in the factory production is the foremost aim. In doing work by the productive plan, two important problems will present themselves at the outset. First, the time element, and second, industrial or practical application to the tasks in hand. A brief explanation of the plan of organization in one of the author's classes will attempt to show how nearly these problems can be solved. Illustration Figure 1 Material for toys prepared on a large scale. 2. Grouping of students. Classes are divided into groups of between 4 and 6 students, with a student foreman appointed at the head of each group. The foreman is held responsible for the work turned out by their students. They are to see that they understand just what is to be done and how it is to be done. All the group foremen are directly responsible to the general foreman who, in turn, is responsible to the instructor. The general foreman is to act as an inspector of finished work after it has received the group foreman's okay. They are also held responsible for the condition of the shop during their class hour.
This includes looking after all material, the manner in which stock is put away after class, and adherence to all shop rules that have been adopted to help in the efficiency of shop procedure. Illustration Figure 2 A large order of toys partly constructed. 3. The time clerk and tool room clerk. A time clerk is appointed to take charge of the time cards. They are also held responsible for all the clerical work that is to be done in the shop. A tool room clerk is appointed to take charge of the shop tool room. They are to keep check of all tools given out and taken in. Their spare time should be devoted to the care of tools. If possible, each student in the class should be given an opportunity to act in each capacity that has been created so that they may get the most varied experience in shop procedure. This will necessitate the changing of them from one group to another, the changing of foremen, clerks, etc., at intervals which will, of course, be governed by the size of the class and the number of hours devoted to the work. Illustration Figure 3 Milk Wagons Completed by Production Method Illustration Figure 3 Milk Wagons Completed by the Production Method 4. Recording Attendance Students, upon entering the shop, register their presence at the time card rack, figure 4. This is done by turning the time card shown in figure 5, so that the back side, which has the word present printed at top, is exposed. The time clerk then inspects the cards and notes those that have not been turned and records the absences. They then fill in the date and passes the cards out to the students in the shop. Toward the latter part of the period, a few minutes' time is given the students to fill in the necessary data on the time card. The time cards are then collected by the time clerk and put into a box where the time cards of all the classes are kept. In the meantime, the time clerk puts back into the time rack the cards of the incoming class. This duty is performed by the time clerks of all the classes, thereby necessitating the use of only one time card rack. Illustration Figure 4 the time card rack. 5. Time cards. Referring to the time card mentioned in figure 5, it will be seen that the workman's shop number is filled in at the top. Then, under the heading of woodworking department, are two horizontal rows of items 
which need very little explanation. Following are three columns headed Operation, Assignment, and Time. Below the word Operation are set down the various operations undertaken in the woodworking department with several vacant spaces provided where other and special operations can be filled in. It will also be noticed that operations are divided into two kinds, machine work and bench work. The instructor's glance at the time card will tell them at once what phase of the work the student has been employed in and will help them in appointing the work so that the student is offered a varied experience. And now, the interlude. Moondauber Delights presents Almond Fruit Biscuits Ingredients 1 pound of Valencia almonds 1 pound of powdered sugar 2 or 3 whites of egg 2 ounces flour Raspberry jam Icing Beat up the almonds very fine with white of one egg. Then rub the sugar and almonds into a fine paste with one or two whites of egg. Divide it into two parts. Work two ounces of flour into one part and roll it out thin for the bottom. Cut it square and cover it with good raspberry jam. Then roll out another square the same size and lay it on the top of the fruit. Cover this thinly with icing and cut it up into different shapes according to fancy. Lay them on wafer paper and bake in a slow oven. Note. There will be many cuttings from the above shapes, which should not be wasted. Put several bits together in little heaps on wafer paper. Put a little icing on top, a bit of green citron, and a small bit of raspberry jam. A little pink icing may also be added. Bake in a slow oven. This recipe was found in the Bread and Biscuit Bakers and Sugar Boilers Assistant, copyright Vintage Earth Year, 1890. And now, let's return to Advanced Toy Making for Schools. 6. Using Time Card For shops that are not equipped with the kind of machines marked on the illustrated card, it would be well to admit the names of machines in the operation column. The instructor may then fill in the operation, whatever it may be. Under the heading, Assignment, and against the operation which is to be undertaken by the student, the instructor writes in the name of the part to be made. 
This is the student's assignment, and it should be read by them at the time they record their presence at the time card rack upon entering the shop. In making assignments, the instructor may find it rather difficult to keep up with large classes of students. This difficulty may be overcome by making an assignment to an entire group instead of to each student. For example, in a class of 25 that would probably be divided into five groups, the instructor may make the assignment to the foreman of each group, and each foreman, in turn, can inform the students of their group as to the nature of the assignment. The students can then enter the assignment on their time cards at the end of the period when the time spent on the job at hand is also recorded. The student's shop number, name, and grade should be filled in by the time clerk who can get out a number of cards for each student in advance, and these are kept ready for use by the instructor. The instructor can then mark the project and the job number together with the student's assignment. At the same time, they estimate the journeyman's time and rate and enters them in the space provided. The time card in figure five is three and one half inches by nine inches, made of three ply Bristol board. All workers' cards are printed on white colored Bristol, while those of the foreman are of blue colored Bristol. This plan is for the instructor's convenience to be able to pick out the foreman's time cards at a glance. In the triple column, under the heading Time, is provided room for the date and spaces in which the student can write the time and minutes spent on the various operations on that date. The triple columns on each side of the card allow of the cards being used for six days. If a job lasts longer than six days, another card should be used, marking them number one and number two, respectively. In the space marked card number, both cards should be fastened and kept together. Illustration, figure five, time card. Effort should always be made to have all the assignments short, less than 60 days, so that the student's record may be computed at the end of each week by the time clerk. 7. Grading Students The next four spaces contain in condensed form the information itemized in other parts of the card. This together with other information set down by the instructor is the vital material sought for. The item A, journeyman's time, is very easily recorded by the instructor. It is arrived at 
in the same way as in making out the estimate for any piece of work and can be recorded almost at once. The main purpose here is to set for the student a standard of time on which to work. The item B is the rate in points per hour based on the journeyman's time. The item C is the total of the student's time added together from the various spaces under time. Item D, quality decimal, is the quality of the student's job expressed in the form of a decimal with 100% as the maximum. This mark should be filled in by the instructor when the student completes their job. The next item, the number of points the student earns, is found by the formula points equals in parentheses A times B parentheses times D. Points earned per hour equals double parentheses A times B close parentheses times D close parentheses divided by C. For example, a student receives an assignment to cut to thickness width and length 60 chair legs. The size of the legs they are to get from the job blueprint. They spend 60 minutes a day for three days, making a total of 180 minutes or three hours. The time it would take a journeyman to do the same job is estimated at two hours. The rate adopted is at 80 points per hour. Their journeyman therefore earns A times B equals 2 times 80 equals 160 points. The quality of the student's job is graded by the instructor as 75%. The number of points the student earns is found by the formula points equals parentheses A times B parentheses times D equals in parentheses 2 times 80 close parentheses times 0.75 equals 120 points. To find the number of points the student earns per hour, divide 120 points by the number of hours it took the student to complete the job, which equals 120 divided by 3 equals 40. The number of points the student earns per hour. However, if the student would be graded 100%, they would earn the same number of points as the journeyman. But of course, they would have done it in 3 hours where the journeyman has earned the same number of points in 2 hours. It will readily be seen that this scheme offers the student an everlasting incentive to equal the journeyman's record. Having obtained the points on the time card or assignment card, as it may be called, these are then transferred to a monthly accomplishment sheet as shown in Figure 6.
which is provided for all the students in all classes. Illustration Figure 6 Monthly Accomplishment Sheet The total number of points for each student, group, and class can then be easily obtained. These totals can be put up in poster form and hung on the shop's bulletin board, showing the standing of each student, group, and class. It is surprising the amount of interest and competition that can be aroused, everyone working for the highest honors unconsciously, with a competitive spirit that will bring out considerable thought and effort to the matter of handling material for maximum production. A preliminary discussion and preparation for shop work. Of course, no time card or assignment record scheme can hope entirely to eliminate the necessary preliminary discussions and preparation. The author has found it of material help to meet the foremen of all the classes at hours other than their regular class hour and to sketch such topics as securing cooperation, instructing workers, maintaining cleanliness and order, records and reports, inspecting work, routing material through shop, care of stock, etc. Details regarding construction and assembling should be worked out by the instructor beforehand and also developed with the class as the work progresses. Care should be taken that plans are carefully made regarding the storage of stock and unfinished parts. The old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, is an old one but a good one. 9. Bazaars, toy sales, etc. The plan of selling toys that are made in the school shop to the students of the school is a plausible one. It can very easily be accomplished in the form of bazaars, exhibitions, or school toy sales. The writer has had a number of samples of different toys made and put on exhibition, and orders taken, requiring a deposit on each order. These were then turned in to the shop department and the toys made on the productive plan. The students in the shop would receive school checks, figure 7, for the total number of points that they earned for the semester. These checks could then be used by them towards the purchasing of any of the toys that were put on sale, a certain number of points required for the purchase of different toys. Illustration Figure 7 Credit Check Based on Number of Points Carved This plan was made possible by adding on to the number of orders received an additional number equal to the number of students in the shop. For example, 24 orders for toy milk wagons were received 
by a class of 24 students. Then, instead of making 24 toy milk wagons, we doubled the number and made 48 of them. The price that was figured on for the 24 orders would more than cover the cost of material for the other 24 articles that the students would be able to buy with their earned checks. Chapter 2. Coloring Toys 10. Sanitation Emphasized All application of color to toys should carry with it a realization that toys are meant primarily for children and that all paints should therefore be free from poisonous compounds. All paints used should be of good quality so that it will not come off easily to discolor the hands or tongues of children who cannot resist the temptation of sticking everything possible into their mouths. 11. Preparation of Surfaces Wooden toys may be finished quite bright and in various colors. Before applying the color, it is absolutely necessary that every part of the toy has been thoroughly sanded. Where sanding is done by machine, care should be taken not to sand the wood too much. Many difficulties may arise from too much as well as from too little sanding. In hand sanding, the use of a block two and one half of an inch by three and one half of an inch to which is glued a piece of cork is recommended. 12. Application of Watercolors Toys may be colored by the use of different materials and by various methods. Calcimine colors, opaque watercolors, variously known as show card colors, liquid tempera, and lettering all come under the heading of watercolors. All but the calcimine may be obtained in small jars and ready for use. Calcimine colors come in powder form in various colors and may easily be prepared by mixing with water and a little glue to bind the parts together. They are much cheaper than the ordinary forms of transparent and opaque watercolors. They may be applied with the ordinary watercolor brushes. After a coat of watercolor has been applied to the toy, it may be necessary to remove the rough parts with very fine sandpaper. Care should be taken not to cut through when sanding. To preserve and protect the watercolor on the toy, a coat of white shellac may be applied. If a more durable finish is desired, a coat of good clear varnish over the shellac will serve the purpose. 13. Aniline Water Stains For general finishing of toys, aniline water stains will produce excellent results. They are known for their 
ability to penetrate the wood deeply and the ease with which any shade can be produced. Water stain raises the grain of the wood more than any other. This makes it necessary to sandpaper down the raised grain until smooth and then proceed with the shellacking and varnishing until the desired results are obtained. In preparing aniline water stains, only anilines that are soluble in water are used. Place an ounce of the aniline to a quart of hot or boiling water, pouring the water over the dye stuff and stirring meanwhile with a wooden paddle or stick. Soft water is the best. In about an hour, the dye may be filtered through a piece of fine woven cloth. As metal is apt to discolor the dye, it is better to use a glass container. If the prepared solution is too strong, it may be diluted in more water. Use hot water for diluting the stain. The work with water stain must be done quickly in order to obtain a uniform coloring on the surface. Water stains are used a great deal where the dipping process is employed in the finishing of toys. A hot dipping stain is preferable to a cold dipping stain, first because it penetrates more readily and second because it dries quicker. 14. Formulas for Aniline Water Stains Stock Solutions Red Rose Benzol 5 parts Water 10 parts Rose Red Dissolve 3 ounces Rose Bengal in 5 pints of water Blue A Dissolve 1 ounce of the best indigo carmine in 8 ounces of water. B. Prussian blue dissolved in water. Dark blue. Dissolve 3 ounces Bengal blue in 3 and 1 half pints of boiling water and stir and filter the fluid in 10 minutes time. Green. Mix Prussian blue and raw sienna in such proportions as will give the desired color. Mix in water. Brown. Dissolve three ounces of Bismarck brown in half a gallon of water. Yellow. Oramine, four parts. Sulfate of soda, ten parts. Mixed in water. Black. Nigrosine. Black, 4 ounces, dissolved in 1 gallon of boiling water. When wanted for use, these anilines may be diluted with water. The rule is an ounce of aniline to the gallon of water to form a working stain, or to a pint of the stock solution, as it is called. You may add 3 pints of water. That is the end of part one of three 
advanced toy making for schools. The nature sounds and visual holograms are available on all the recreation stations in the Milky Way Park system. Those of you not living on a rec station and would like to experience the nature sound and visual holograms, you can ask your Sustu to create one in any room. Usually, the experience is not as realistic due to the glitches in the visuals, but the sound is realistic if your Sustu has its latest upgrades. Also, you can always go to the closest bot and have a nature sound and visual environment developed for your Sustu. It can be projected in any location that has walls and ceilings. You do not have to be part of the Milky Way Park system to place requests to bot. Well, Milky Way listeners, that is all for tonight. Have a snoozeful sleep cycle, rest well in your space, and ignore all piles of socks. Thank you for listening. You can find Sleepy Reads in your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sleepy Reads is produced by Spicy Pony Design. For more information and transcripts, go to SpicyPonyDesign.com.